Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host, Pastor Brown Thines. I'm here in the studio with Robert Beeson. Yes, you are, Pastor Brad. Can you give us your Robert Beeson cool voice? Yeah, I'm Robert Beeson. No, the cool one. The yeah, one that that's about as cool as it gets, Brad. I'm going to shut you down. It is not. Right I've seen... So. so, Robert, you were telling me ahead of time that you have a special dog that you've adopted lately, and I, mm-hmm. I've i been curious. I want to see if there's any listeners out there that want a dog. What's the name of this dog? Franklin. Franklin. Tell us about Franklin, Robert. Franklin is a, a Queensland healer collie mix. We got him from the pound, and um, <clears throat> turns out he's deaf. And um, <laughs> we, we we found this out like <laughs> after owning him for a few months um, and realizing that he was impossible to train. <laughs> You were yelling and yelling, yelling and nothing and was happening. He wouldn't even turn his head. I was getting so frustrated. Like, this dog is stupid. Like, he won't, or he's just, like, you know, not compliant. And it turns out that he's deaf. I mean, you can, so it, it's impossible to train him. And so we got rid of him once. Um, we we offered him up for people, like, that, like he's, because he's, you know, it's challenging. He's got needs. He's got so, special needs. So you want to give this dog? We did once. Away. We gave him. We put a post on our Facebook wall, and some very lovely people came and got him, and they brought him back a week later. <laughs> and so the options. Because Franklin is a is a lot to handle. So what you're saying? He's a lot to handle, and we just took him to Florida for like a 14 hour drive down there, and he was actually pretty good on that. But he's just impossible. He's impossible. To how, how old is this dog? He's almost a year old. He'll be so a year he's a puppy. next month. He's well, like yeah, old he's puppy. old enough to know that he shouldn't jump on our bed and pee on it. Like he's old enough to know that that's a bad thing. But he really can't respond to your commands, so you're going to have to teach him sign language. Or We've taught him sign language. We told him like good is thumbs up, and you know, bad is wagging your finger, and um, is it potty working? is like this. Well, <laughs> Barb swears that, like, when you do this, he'll go potty. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I yeah. mean, he knows this. So for those who can't see, you can go on our YouTube channel and see the hand gestures that Robert's using right now to yeah. train his deaf dog. Okay. It's potty. Franklin, this is F. So we go, Franklin. I don't say this, but Barb says this. Franklin, <laughs> mommy loves you. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh my gosh. it's I have all these images in my mind right now. He's so, a sweet dog. And so if anyone wants him, um, he's beautiful too. How much will you pay someone to take him away? <laughs> well, you're going to have to fight my wife at this point. But um, oh. I, I I love him, but we're not the best fit for him. It's I like, got it. It's so, not you, it's me. Yeah, it's, you know? it's the breakup Go song. away. Yeah, okay. Anyway, but- um, Well, that made my entire day. I am uh, I am not happy at Franklin's challenges. But I am no. joyful at the discussion with you because it couldn't happen to a better person. It's That's trying. Yeah. It's trying. Speaking of trying people. No, she's not trying. I Our was guest- talking about you. I was talking about, <laughs> I was going to say, what have you brought us from Maine this week? Because oh, every, every week you bring us another. Mainer. That's what it's called. I think it's Mainer. A Mainer thing. So Mainers 
are are very proud of a certain brand of clothing because it's from Maine. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you come on and watch us on YouTube, you can actually see the brand that I'm talking about. But it's it's actually Maine, very, it? it's very yes, and it's very famous. And they are uh, famous for things that are waterproof. And I'm finding out why because everything is wet in Maine mm. all the time. Mm. So it's either snow or rain, but it's wet. Mm. So things that are waterproof are valuable. And this company has nailed it. So uh, you should check it out. See okay. What, see what's waterproof in Maine. Okay. That's it? That's really seriously? Well, I just, I didn't know they were from Maine, so maybe that'll be of okay. interest That's to true. other That's people. True. And you didn't, obviously. And you didn't even know the, the abbreviation for Maine. You thought it was Massachusetts. Yeah, I so. thought it was M-E. It is. You okay. thought it was M-A. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, one of the things about Maine is... The people of Maine, uh, in particular, uh, parents, there aren't as many as I was expecting because the entire population of Maine is only about a million three, which is about the Nashville metro mm-hmm. population. Yeah. So you've got that much land, and it's a huge state with very little people. And so schools are kind of hard to come by, and they're just – it's not as dense of uh, families. So it's a really different demographic than I'm used to. You don't see as many kids. Right. Um, as you would in, say, a suburban neighborhood here in Tennessee. So uh, as a result, as a pastor, you don't see as many kids in church because there's just aren't not that many. Right. So it's, it's really interesting uh, cultural shift and one of the reasons I think the church is struggling in New England. So that's a side note. But. Mm. So today we have a very cool, very hip young lady here in the office with us. Her name is Jill Parr. She's a singer. She's a speaker. She's a writer, and she's a coffee consumer. An Enneagram four. How did you know? <laughs> My We've Greenberg's had that discussion. Party, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, as a four, I was sitting here thinking, am I that different? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Yeah. But. Then I remembered the conversation yes. in context. At, yeah. Welcome to our crazy Thank podcast. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Jill Parr. Yeah. She's in the studio. She has flaming red hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she is a passionate, deeply feeling woman who has done a lot of stuff in the last 20 years that I've known you. And has you, it been 20 years? Yeah. I mean, we're getting Dang. we're getting up there. I'm yeah. a grandfather, your grandmother, yeah. he's a grand. Yeah, we're we're in the gray yeah. now. We're in the grand mm-hmm. stage of life, yeah. So as I'm thinking about it, I I know that a few years ago you started working with your husband, Brian Harden, of the Mm -hmm. Daily Audio Bible, to develop a ministry specifically for ladies. Tell us about that. Um, Well, I think it actually goes a little bit past that. So um, as a singer, and then before Brian started the, the Daily Audio Bible, who, you know, Brian's like, you guys are best buds, yep, so yep. it's funny you say his name in that context. I'm like, come on, I'm Brad. Um, but yeah, as we toured, I was really paying attention to women that would come up and talk to me afterwards, and that was really um, that I would feel like God would highlight some things when women would say them because I've never forgotten them. Like mm-hmm. I can remember where I was, I can remember the tears and the hugs and. Um, and women apologizing for um, crying on my shoulder to a complete stranger. 
Um, and you don't, you don't forget those things. So I just started taking notes, but that happened when I was singing. And so I never anticipated going into women's ministry. I mean, honestly, like if I'm just being completely honest, those two words would make me gag thinking mm -hmm. about them growing up. Because for me, women's ministry was like women with purple hair that saying like, ah! <laughs> it just was never anything that I wanted to be a part of. Um, and then ironically, you know, this is where we land. Um, but yeah, so things were happening when I was on tour and just started paying attention. Um, and then the, the daily audio Bible really changed everything about life where we came off of the road and my husband and I had this complete shift of personalities where he was, he was my road dog. You know, he was like the guy pushing the yeah. buttons and then jumping on the piano and then going to the guitar and then selling the merch and the producing your records, producing records. Yeah. But he was completely behind the scenes, just fine pushing buttons. And then we completely switch where he is the guy up front, which, you know, and he never wanted to do that. It's just not his personality at yeah. all. Um, and so it was, first of all, it was like a huge paradox shift of like, whoa, what do I do with this? Because mm -hmm. I'm the front man. I'm the, right. the personality. You're comfortable in that role. Yeah, totally. And then it's like, whoa, what do, where do I fit into this? What do I, what do, I do? And it was honestly a conversation I had with a friend in Costco in front of the TV section. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific spot. I yeah. will never forget it because um, we went to church together for years and I never talked to him in church. But for some reason that day, without hesitation, I ran up to him and I was like, Chance, you you know, he's the top session singer in Nashville. So if someone like Katy Perry is coming in to record, they're calling Chance to, to record on it. The, the the project and I, I just asked him I said are you still singing what's going on he's like you know I'm started speaking now and he had just gotten back from being flown to some Florida major league baseball team for hmm. opening day of training to give their motivational speech you know to pep them up for season and I was like wow did you ever see yourself doing that and he was like no and he just had this conversation with me where he said you work your whole life to become this thing and you pour everything into that identity. And then all of a sudden that starts shifting. And he said he felt himself just really dragging his feet and kicking and screaming in the shift of like, no, I didn't work so hard to become a speaker. Like I'm a singer. I'm well known for that. And he was like, and then God spoke to my heart and he said, Chance, do you want all that I have for you? Do you want more? Or do you want to just be a singer? Hmm. And at that point, I was really kicking and screaming with the Daily Audio Bible. I thought my husband would read it once, get it out of his system. He thought the people that read it, they would meet in a coffee shop somewhere in the world, and they would talk about it. And so 14 years later, hmm. he is still podcasting the Bible fresh every single day. And I have stopped kicking and screaming about our life as, you know, trying to be these uh mega stars in the Christian music um, mm -hmm. and really embracing the more of who God says that he has for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was a really long answer to your question, but yeah, it was a good one. I mean, I, I think there's always these dynamics in, in marriage in particular where uh, roles are definitely evolving and changing. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. <clears throat> I think there's Robert's got for those who aren't watching online, Robert has the mischievous glint in his eye, so I know trouble's ahead. 
I, I do okay. think things are evolving, right? Like, I mean, when, when the kids are young, like dads are often in sort of support role kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. as they get older, a lot of times dads shift into like primary role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least that did in our house. Like our mom's ready to kill the teenage <laughs> daughter and, you know, dad is necessary because yeah. he's, he's the mediator suddenly. Yeah. Um, and in the early years, dads are often. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Anyone who's had a daughter, you know, it, this is really interesting because in the middle of these shifts and transitions, it, it does seem that God often moves. Mm-hmm. That those are those the spaces where the Holy Spirit uh, takes traction in our lives. I agree. I think it's it's really dangerous when we hold on too tight to things that we think shape our identity. Yeah. Because a lot of times, I mean, those are the those are the things that are preparing us for what God is calling us to. Um, but like we've talked about before, a lot of times we hold on so tight to what we think yeah. our calling is. And yeah. really, it's a part of the process, but a lot of times it's preparation for what he's actually evolving yeah. in your life, you know, which is what you're Absolutely. kind of talking about. Because I, I know that sitting around this table, none of us here Doctor, music executive, artist—I never would have thought I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Right, right. right. We hold on so tight to what it is that we think is Especially our profession. Maine. Yeah, especially Maine. You never, you never know. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, um, Jill, from yeah. the you do the the more conference and more mm-hmm. gathering, and what are some of the issues that you heard on the road that you that women are struggling with? that you address, or I, they don't even need to be issues, but what yeah. are some of the messages that you feel like women really need to hear about? Oh, man. Um, I, you know, I could, I'll give you the messages, and every message is a major session that we have adapted themes from, from those years of listening to women. Um, the biggest one is the, the feeling of being alone. Hmm. Nobody in the world can understand what you're going through. And I think, uh, is it okay just to go there? And of course, it? yeah. Okay. I think sometimes the message the church gives you is, um, let's put this perfectly polished person up and give you the 12 steps to overcoming. Hmm. And um, we take the notes, we write down the 12 steps, we apply them to our lives, and we don't get the same outcome. Hmm. And what that makes us feel like is even more of a failure. Right. Like, I did all of the steps the way that you said to do it, and my life looks nothing like yours. Which for one, I think for women, um, huge issue that we have, and I know that I deal with this, is that we live in a state, of, a constant state of comparison. Mm-hmm. So we are not even, we're not even measuring a, a, um, an accurate bar. Right. right. Where you know, if we finally meet the bar, the pinnacle, just don't get too comfortable because in thirty seconds that's going to shift. Mm-hmm. You're going to find some other prettier woman than you, whatever. Right. Um, so comparison is huge. Right. Mm. We haven't identified it. Um, but even what, you know, to go back to what you were saying about, did we think we would see our lives? Well, I think a lot of the times it's the fear of what people would think if we're not that rock star anymore, if you're mm. not the music executive, you leave the, you know, mm. you've leave being a chiropractor. What will your parents think if you don't follow in their footsteps? All of the fear things. So fear is a huge issue. Yeah. Fear of, um, I'll do that, but it won't turn out the same way for me. Mm. Or the fear of this will never change. Mm. I'm stuck in this season. Now, how do I get through it? Mm. Um, So fear, the feeling of alone, um, isolation is huge Mm. um, because we we get stuck in our shame. And if the church is not a safe place for us to go and confess what we're dealing with, 
then where in the world are we going to take that? That's right. We take it to a bottle. Mm -hmm. We take it to the internet. We take it to shopping. We take it to food. We take it to the gym. We take it to him. Right. Um, So we have, I think as the church, we have to be a safe place to let people speak what they're going through, especially women. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, of course, from a male perspective, you guys might say especially men, but for me, especially women who do not have safe places to confess. Because what the church says is, I'll pray that you have more faith. Mm. Or I'll pray that we can just take that God will instantly take that away, and God is the God of the of the miraculous. He right. can do that, right? But God is also Emmanuel, God with us, and He takes us through the process. I think it's. I completely agree with you. I mean, we're so focused as a church on the victories that we're like, you just claim the victory, go after like it. That like that that outcome is what we're supposed to be holding on to. Like yeah. I, I think about Lazarus, you know. Jesus left, let him die yeah, and be in the grave. I mean, that, yeah. surely the people surrounding that situation were going like, okay, where are you, God, or whatever. But right. that wasn't victorious. Yeah, Obviously, we now know the end of the story. But for those people in that moment, yeah. this, is, this is the end of the story. He's in the tomb. He's whatever. Because we are thinking about, we're not thinking about the miraculous. We're just thinking about what's right Absolutely. in front of us. And Absolutely. so I love what you're saying, because I do think that, you know, acknowledging the space that we're in and, and the fact that we do compare, men do this too. We compare, you know, jobs and how we provide for our families. And mm-hmm. it may not be as, um, I don't know, it's not the same as women, but I mean, I think, yeah. unfortunately, we live in a society that that is breeding this idea of measuring ourselves against Absolutely. other people. So I think it's awesome that you guys are approaching this from, no, there's more right where you're at and, yeah. you know, to live through that. And that's the whole message of more. Like, you can want more. God is the God of more. Mm-hmm. You know, He like, God is enough in himself and he sends his son. And then before Jesus leaves, he sends the Holy Spirit. So he's constantly offering us more. But we have to know we're enough first. And enough cannot be measured by the world standards. Mm. It cannot be measured by social media. It cannot be measured by the women that we see in Hollywood or on the TV screen. We have to know who we are in Christ first. That's really big. What, what was that, that you said? You know, it's one thing to want more, but we have to realize first that we're enough. That we're enough. That's really good. I worked, when I had the concept of more, um, so our, I, I want to give recognition to where recognition is due. This conference started as captivating with um, the message of John and Stacy Eldridge. It was one of the most sound messages in the church that like lacks being in the church. I found it outside of the church of um, practicality with uh, Bible-based. Uh, John is a licensed psychologist. Psych- psychologist, is that right? Yeah, he has a master's degree. Master's yeah. degree in psychology. So um, I-, I just feel like... It- we can pray for things to go away, like I said earlier, but if we understand the process, if we understand, you know, okay, let's get to the root of that fear. Where is the fear coming from? Yes, God can silence the voice of fear, but what if we exposed the voice of fear mm. and said, let's acknowledge what you're fearing and watch God meet you in the middle of it and say, you know what, you can do this. Because like you said, you know, the the Christian world, we see the pictures the images of them the man and the woman standing on the mountaintop with their arms raised in this glorious sunset that says overcomer mm-hmm. well where's the endurer hmm. where's the endurance of running the race of of walking through the muck and the pain and the hard and it's not always all about overcoming sometimes overcoming is just taking the first step mm-hmm. 
You know, it's like not even running the race, but it's getting off of the ground and getting back up. And so many women are overwhelmed and they're so stuck in day to day. Um, I wrote this post, it just kind of occurred out of my brain and I couldn't believe how many women said, that's me, I'm living on coffee and cold medicine. Because we're not taking care of ourselves. <laughs> and moms especially are That's living really on coffee and cold medicine. That's because really good. they they haven't stopped to rest. Right. There is no especially single moms, mm-hmm. there is nobody for them to pour themselves on into. And it's I'm even seeing this oh there's so much to get into. <laughs> no, it's good. Keep going. This is great stuff. Yeah, no, I mean I think one of the, the things that I our audience uh, with Brilliantly Brave is we have parents at every stage of life, uh, whether it's they've just had a, a toddler and they're just, you know, they're just learning about parenting. And we mm-hmm. also have grandparents who are listening. So I think what I, I love about the Moore Conference and what you have developed is that no matter what age a, a mother is in, whatever mm-hmm. stage of life she's in, she's going to resonate and, and respond to these issues. Yeah. And I know you've done a really good job of creating more than just information. Yeah. Like, the church is really good about Bible study yeah. and information. Absolutely. They can really clearly articulate what's wrong with you. Yeah. Uh, but there's not, Diagnosis. There's not there's a, a lot, lot of, of like, practical help to get from A to B. Yeah. So what do you guys do at the Moore Conference? How? I don't, obviously people need to come to it to experience it, but for a listener who's wondering, how do you do that? What do you, what do you guys use as a strategy to help moms overcome those things? Um, I think the biggest tool that we use that would probably separate us from other conferences, which, and, and that I'm really, really proud of is I have a team of brave, vulnerable women who are willing to get up and talk about being stuck in the process. Mm. Not every story is a story of overcoming. Um, You know, we do have some beautiful stories in the journey. Like, I love that women come and they repeat every year and they they watch women that talk about being unable to conceive children. Mm -hmm. And then then two or three years later, they're bringing their miracle child on Mm -hmm. stage and seeing that. But I love just as much that, um, you know, I I can get up and through tears talk about the fact that I am still struggling with my weight. Mm. And it's, it's been two decades of just feeling not enough because of the number on the Mm. scale. (laughs) And, um, I think that's the biggest thing is, is, is reminding women that our circumstances do not define our worth. Oh yeah. I love that. And how we feel is not necessarily our reality. Yeah. We can feel alone, but we're never alone. Psalms 139 disproves the fact that we're alone. But we feel alone, because like you said, you know, when uh, Lazarus' sister is yelling, well, in my mind, she's yelling at Jesus, where were you? You know, he's been dead for three days. If you were here, and I hear myself in that, if you were just here, God. Right. You know, and it's like, he didn't go anywhere. And that's uh, that's something I learned in psychology. It's something we either, um, what what is it? It's... uh, uh, run, or flight, or yeah. fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So when we feel alone, we either flight, fight through it, and and reach out to friends. You know, I'm sending out an SOS. I'm feeling really alone. Depression's creeping in. Feeling anxious. I'm overwhelmed. Or we flight. We are piecing out. We are leaving. We're exiting stage left, and we want nobody to bother us. 
and we just kind of sit and sulk. And when we sit and sulk, we continue those messages through our minds. And those messages are, they're lying to us. We are lying to ourselves. We're letting ourselves lie to us. Mm. That we are all alone, that nobody cares. Um, and that is the most crucial time when we have to reach forward towards somebody. So that's really, I think, what we do is we reach for women that are sitting out there that have all of these feelings that are talking about. They're coming in with all of this stuff and they have no safe place to say it because they can't even put it into words themselves. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing is women, they often say to me, you articulated what is inside of me that I've never been able to put into words. Right. And so if you can do that for somebody, um, automatically you have their trust. We lead them through deep healing. Your past does not define you. Your past, you know, we often set up a residency in our past and it is... It's like, why would we do, why would we waste so many years of living? Because we're not living, we're just existing. Mm -hmm. By reliving what happened to us, but pain is hard. Yeah. You know, and we've gotten so good at masking pain. Right. And putting, making pain pretty, I I had a friend reach out to me on Instagram and she was telling me that these two women were, she was listening to a podcast and one was mentioning that Daily Audio Bible was really what was grounding her as a woman. And so I was like, awesome. Can I get their names? I want to go check it out. And, and I did, and I don't mean no disrespect to this woman. I'm, I'm not here to put another woman down. And her story was, she was a young widowed mom and she had remarried a young widowed dad. So they were a blended family of very young children. And, and she was making a post about her pain and how difficult the season of life is. But she's telling a story of pain through a beautifully filtered, <laughs> beautiful image of her, very well made up. Her hair was perfect. The lighting was just spectacular. And I the filter looked, was just right. And and... The filter was pristine. And I looked at her <laughs> picture and I said, I don't believe you. Hmm. I don't believe that you're. Hmm. It's hard for me to see something real and authentic. When you have made pain pretty, my pain is not pretty. It is ugly mm-hmm. and it is hard. Mm-hmm. And I think women are lacking authenticity. Yeah. And as I'm listening to you explain that, I, I think the, what I heard you say is that the more conference offers a safe place where uh, authentic, honest conversations can occur yeah. about what's really inside. Absolutely. Okay. There's no judgment. There's no shame. Uh, we cuss a little sometimes. Okay. All <laughs> That's right. terrible. I know. But sometimes, <laughs> as my husband says, sometimes life is rated R. It's not PG-13. And <laughs> it's not even PG. So, uh, And I think sometimes that's refreshing for a woman to have a safe place to, yeah. you know, you get the emails of a lot of judgment and shame, but they don't bother me anymore. Yeah. And I, you know, as... As Robert and I have worked over the last decade, which is hard to believe, but 10 years we've been working with iShine Ministries and, and different facets of identity development in young yeah. women and men, you know, this this pressure that gets put on women in particular starts young. Ugh. I mean, this is like almost, you know, second grade, yeah. third grade, these these young women are, are are sort of feeling the pressure to always look good. Yep. That you don't leave the house or you don't allow a picture to be taken without looking yeah. perfect. Yeah. And I can't imagine how big and, you know, how heavy that burden gets as you get older. That That's pretty tough stuff. You know, 
It's funny you should say that. I I am 45. I can honestly tell you the more I grow in healing, the more I grow in relationship with God and know the voice the, the sheep know mm-hmm. the sheep knows the voice of their shepherd. Yeah. When you know who you are, when you know whose you are, I am getting so much more comfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. You know, I um I had my first child, my daughter at 24, and I had my last child at 39. And a lot of women always ask me, what's the difference in having being a young mom versus a young uh, an older mom? I'm like, 39's an old mom. Come on. <laughs> um, but it's true. You don't care as much. Yeah. Like at 24, I was trying to prove to the world that I am going to kill this parenting thing. You know, look at right. me. Right. I'm going to do everything that my parents did wrong, and I'm going to overcompensate for it. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's what we do from generation to generation. We correct our mistakes. And when we, cor- you know, when you correct is usually when you lose control. Right. Uh, or when you overcorrect. But, um, I, yeah, I don't care. I, like, he's going to melt down. He's not going to blow up. He's not going to blow away. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make a mistake, and I'm going to have to apologize to him. Uh, and that's the biggest difference is just the older you get. And I, I've, I've heard other women say that. It's like the older you get, the less you care about what people think. And that was, you know, I admit that was this is one of the most audacious prayers I've ever prayed was last year, two years ago. And I said, God, I want to be free from the opinion of man. Hmm. I want to start to learn to be free from the opinion of man. Because I realized how much... I was letting what people say affect my everyday life. Right. And if you just, I think if we just stop and thought about it, we'd be amazed at how much we're living in fear. Mm. And uh, so God's really been breaking me out of that. It's been some really hard lessons. That's beautiful though. Yeah. I want to I wanna buy a wig and some women's clothes and show up in the more gathering itself. <laughs> This sounds like such good stuff. Did we get stuff. that on tape? Did that get recorded? As long as you wear your pink banana socks. I've got them. To the yeah. gathering. I'm, Robert, yeah, I, can I would pay serious money to see you attend the Moore Conference in drag. <laughs> yeah. That would be... <clears throat> that would be a first. I would be willing to invest in that <laughs> okay. episode. Well, and I think it could be a big hit on YouTube. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I say that because I just think that the, the message that you have and the the... I would say not even just the message, but the point of view that you're offering is so refreshing because in the church, you're right. We try to get everything pristine. We want to be overcomers and victors and and that's great. I mean, there's a place for that because that is yeah. the, you know, the, there's redemption, restoration, all that stuff, but we can, we have to go through the valley of the shadow of death sometimes yeah. and he is with us. And yeah. so I love just embracing where people are at um, authentically because you can and Brad, you I think we've talked about this before from a medical profession. You can't diagnose, you can't fix a problem unless you diagnose it, unless you're honest with exactly what's going on in a body. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you're not, if you're just trying to gloss over some of the shame that you're carrying around yeah. or the, the inadequacies or whatever it is, if you're not naming it, calling it out, there's absolutely no way that you're going to be able to heal from that because yeah. it's just, it, we live in this superficial world. So I love what you're doing. And um, I'm so grateful that you took time to be with yeah. us. I'm sorry for Brad's behavior. <laughs> Um, but it's, I, I think the world of you and Brian, Aww. I know Brad does too, and, and we're just grateful for Dude. your lives and for what you're doing. So thank you, Jill. Yeah. I know you and Brian, I think are both Enneagram fives. I'm not actually. 
I'm a two with a three wing. You're a two three. Oh, that's right. We established that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you you have a very similar demeanor as so, yeah. Brian. So I know when you guys get together, it's like, <laughs> I don't even want to know what we happened. Enjoy, yeah. You and don't want to know. And Brian there's and Brian there's a lot of witticisms going on yeah. between yeah. you and Brian. A lot of, yes. <laughs> tight, tight linguistics. So I don't even know what that means. Well, here... It means that you guys. Let me just say this: you guys have a good I'm, first answer. I'm listening. I'm listening to myself. I'm like, I really do admire Brad. I like making fun of him because he can take it. But um, I feel sometimes like I might come off like I'm judgmental, and it's just that's just 25 percent of me. 75 percent, I actually admire you, Brad. So, just want to say that. For those who are listening, <laughs> Robert's not sincere right now. No matter how he may sound, I am. Well. Uh, thank you, Robert. I'll, I'll get back to you later. I, it, back to our our guest here, who's taken an effort with her five kids to be here today with yes. us and uh, share. She said something really uh, as a closing thought. Just as a pastor, it sort of hit my my soft spot um, because I think this is really important for our listeners to hear. She said, "Sometimes overcoming is just taking the first step." Yeah, mm. I I want to encourage that mom who's listening right now. Who's like, I, I I just nothing's changing. I'm stuck in this marriage. I'm stuck in this situation at work. I'm stuck with this kid who won't respect me. Whatever, and they're done. And uh, and they they look at these sort of picture perfect illustrations on social media of women who've got it all together. Yeah. And they say, I could never be that. I can never move from where I am. And I want you to think about going to this more conference. I want you to think about reaching out to Jill and talking to her privately through a website or internet. Because this idea of overcoming being the end of the story rather than the first step in a story yeah. needs to be championed. Yeah. Like we need to celebrate people who are willing to step out. Right. And change something. The courage it takes to Yeah, take because the first we step. think if we don't change it all. We, we failed. failed. Yeah. And that's BS. That's just not the truth. And so I want to empower people who are listening that are done, and I mean fried, on all aspects of their life, that there's hope. There are people who understand where you're at, mm-hmm. and there are people who've been there and have gotten through that. You're not alone. Yeah. So, Jill, in closing, where, how would somebody reach you? How would they get a hold of you? Oh, man. Okay. So, uh I should say this this is the last year at Jasper, Georgia that we are doing the more gathering. So the the future of more is uncertain at this time. Okay. But I'm actually so excited about um the possibilities. I feel like I can just dream wide open with God. Um but I don't want to discourage any woman to go, "Oh, I missed a chance to not be able to come." Um I love to connect with women so that obviously they can do that through all the social media channels. I don't know. Do you want me to give those out? Or yeah, just? please. Yeah. Um, so on Facebook, I'm Jill Parr. Uh, there is a More Gathering Facebook page. Um, Daily Audio Bible Women's Ministry is really at this point nothing more than a Facebook page, but I do offer daily encouragement for women on all of the topics that I talked about, just digging deep and feeling deeply and um, and really kind of talking about things that that other people aren't. So that's daily encouragement. Just you can go there. Um, my email is jillharden at me.com. I would love to encourage any woman and, and, and I'm excited about uh, what's next. I, um, I have 
prayed and asked God to show me, and I am so excited that I am I'm going to be getting trained in trauma therapy and hmm. addiction um, so that I can understand women in a whole new way. So I think that might be a little bit about the future of where I'm headed personally, um, but I'm so um, I've never been more excited about That's something <laughs> so you know, it's dirty, it's dirty heavy. work, but yeah, heavy, heavy and dirty. Yeah, but. but I mean, just as someone who's watched this sort of journey you and Brian have been on, that really feels right. Makes a lot yeah. of sense. You know, that, that feels really right. And uh, we would encourage you to jump in there. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you guys, seriously, for, for what you're doing. We we have more and more women asking to bring their daughters to come to the conference. And there, there is an age group that we feel like is appropriate for this. And we realize there's not a place for mothers and daughters to go and get something like this. And, you know, some of the feedback we've heard from the younger girls are a lot of these messages were over my head. I didn't quite understand it. But I've also heard women say, if there was something like this, it would avoid so much hurt in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys are trying to really get to the core and and prevent a lot of those woundings that happen mm. in a young person's heart. And there's not enough channels. There's not enough places for that in media and, you know, in social media or what you know, all of the things that you guys are doing. So I really commend you. I love a, a big dreamer and I love to see where God started you with this, Robert, and mm. where you're headed now. And obviously where, where you're headed, Brad, I mean, our, our paths are so interwoven personally, so I'm trying to like scope out and pretend like I don't know you that well. <laughs> <laughs> but kudos to you guys. I know well, the work, you. and it's, thank it's you beautiful. So yeah. Well, it has been our pleasure to have uh, the lovely Jill Parr here uh, as our guest on Brilliantly Brave Parenting today. Uh, we are grateful for those who've tuned in and have listened. Uh, we are a 501c3, iShine Ministries, and uh, we would love... Uh, for you to like us on uh, any of our social media apps and follow or subscribe to us. That's very helpful to us. And uh, please check out our uh, show notes for links to Jill and what she's doing, and we'll make sure you can get a hold of her. Robert, any final thoughts? I like you, Brad. It's been great having you guys spend some time with us today. We really appreciate it. We'll see you here again next week. All right. God bless. Be encouraged, parents, you are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome 
coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they, they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome. Hey, Robert, we've got some new stuff in the web store. Tell me about it, Brad. It's our very own swag. Really? Absolutely. Brilliantly Brave now has its own line of caps, cups, clothing. Yeah, everything, man. We got swag. Dog sweaters? Uh, I don't know about the dog sweaters yet, but we can work on it. Okay. So if you're a fan and you've been listening to Brilliantly Brave and you want to share it with your friends, let them know that you're a supporter, hey, come to our website, ishinelive.com, and find out more.